1: Over the past few weeks, the godfather of fantasy football, Tom Kessenick, had been joining the fellas on the Wendy's Big Show and all of his position-by-position breakdowns coming at you this afternoon starting with the Signal Callers.
2: Because where else would you start? But before we get into any specific names per se. I want to talk draft strategy when it comes to quarterbacks with you, Tom, because I host a fantasy show on Sundays here on The Fan along with Tim Allen, and so a lot of people come to me asking for fantasy advice. I just say, go talk to Tom Kesnick, but they still ask me. Um, And I always say, don't take a quarterback early. There are a lot of good fantasy quarterbacks around the nfl stock up on running backs stock up on wide receivers early on if you can get a top top of the line tight end get one of those you can always get a high scoring fantasy quarterback later in the draft agree or disagree
3: no absolutely that's that's been my mantra for a few years now and it's even more uh even stronger this year because there is more depth at the position than maybe i've ever seen I, I've counted 13 quarterbacks that I would be more than confident starting on a weekly basis. And if from, if most people are playing in 12-team leagues, now I'm not very good at math, but if there are 13 quarterbacks and you're in a 12-team league, I think that means there's a surplus at the position. So what does this mean for you? Now, obviously, if you, you, you want to get Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or Tom Brady, I get it. They're all great players. I would never criticize anybody for drafting Aaron Rodgers, because he's a great player. He's going to be great for you. But here's the thing. If you're drafting Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round, and Drew Brees, for example, is going in the eighth or ninth round, there's not as much of a drop-off from Rodgers to Brees in those four or five rounds as there is with, say, the running back or wide receiver that you would take in round four compared to the running back wide receiver you would take in rounds eight or nine. The drop-offs at those positions are far greater. So you can get Drew Brees in, say, round eight or nine, and you're going to get a terrific quarterback who's going to be very good for you. You're going to be happy. He's going to get you the points you want. But where instead of taking that stud quarterback in the fourth or fifth round or whatever, you're going to have a better depth at running back or wide receiver, or maybe you've got the advantage at tight end if you get one of those guys so that's the way I would want to go, and that's the way I recommend going.
4: I'm going to give you a uh, couple of named quarterbacks that are hot, I guess I would say, amongst fantasy football players that people think uh, might have good years. Uh, Deshaun Watson coming off of injury. How do you feel about him and where he goes?
3: Well, I mean, it, it, he, he's tremendous talent. There's no question about that. We saw that in the, in the brief amount of time he played last season. He was magnificent. Um, And he's got DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the premier receivers in the game. He's got Will Fuller, who's a great deep threat as well. So there's a lot to like there. The concern is this is a guy who's had now two major knee injuries, so can he stay healthy for a whole year? That's the concern. So there is a bit of a dice roll here with Deshaun Watson, but from a talent perspective and from a potential fantasy production perspective, You know, there's probably only one quarterback who you'd say absolutely is is better than Watson, and that's Rodgers. And everybody else you would say is, you know, on the same plane uh, if you were making that kind of a projection. So Watson, certainly a great player, a great talent, but you are taking on some risk if you draft him. You just have to understand that.
4: There's a hype machine building around Patrick Mahomes of Kansas City with the speedsters that he has at his disposal in that Kansas City offense. What do you like about him?
3: Uh, I love the big arm. I mean, who doesn't? Yep. I mean, he can, we saw it last week. That's a, and he's got one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. But, you know, here's the thing about that touchdown to Tyreek Hill the other night. that you know, Everybody was like, wow, what a throw. And it was a great throw. It was an amazing throw. But Tyreek Hill literally ran by three guys.
5: He sure did, he? They tried to he? put three guys on yeah. him.
3: He ran right by him. Yeah. And here's the best part. He had to stop and wait for the Kissed ball the to ball. get to him. Yep. That's mm-hmm. how fast this guy is. He is a burner. Now, here's the thing about Mahomes. He can chuck it. He can, you know, they call him baby far for a reason. He's got a big arm, and he he will go a little sandlot on you. So I think you're going to see some ups and downs here. He's not going to be the steady Eddie that Alex Smith was, but the potential for big plays has blown up in Kansas City. He is going to make throws that Alex Smith would never dream of making. And you've got Hill. You've got Tyreek Hill. You've got Sammy Watkins who can run. So you've, and you've got Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. So you've got a lot of people here in this offense that you can throw the football to. I think Mahomes is a very good QB, two. I wouldn't want to be starting him weekly because I think there's going to be some peaks and valleys. But he's a terrific talent. Andy Reid's going to coach him up. That's what Andy does. And I think he's, there's, there's a lot to like there. But you've got to understand, if you draft him, there's going to be some rough patches.
5: All right, everybody, I get your pencils and papers out. I got to ask you a question here, and maybe this will strike some chords with a lot of people. Who are your top five quarterbacks? And maybe can you give me a couple sleepers in it that people may not know about that will do well later?
3: Well, for me, the top five are, you know, they're not too hard to figure out. It's Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and then Drew Brees. Those would be my top five ranked quarterbacks. As so far those as should guys, go
5: first. What's that? Those, those five guys should be the first five that go.
3: Well, uh, you know, I, I, Cam Newton's going to sneak up there a little bit. So, you know, we'll see about Andrew Luck. You know, his, his stock isn't right. He looks weird to me. Yet, but I think he's certainly somebody that could make a jump up there as well. So, but those are my five on the board. As okay. far as guys a little bit later in drafts, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Jared Goff, I like Jared Goff. He's he's got a great coach, a lot of weapons. I love the addition of Brandon Cooks. We know how great girl he is. So there's a lot to like with Jared Goff. I think Marcus Mariota will bounce back. Everybody mm. was excited about him last season. It didn't really work out. But I think they will coach better, have a better scheme. I think he'll be better. And and then going even deeper, uh there are a couple of guys that I like. Derek Carr is a guy I think is is gonna bounce back. Keep in mind Two seasons ago, Derek Carr was an MVP candidate until he got hurt late in the year. He was in the MVP consideration. Then he gets hurt. Last year, he was a top-ten pick at quarterback, and he busted. He was not a top-ten quarterback, obviously. But, you know, you bring in Jordy Nelson. I think they're going to be a little better in the passing game. We'll see what Martavis Bryan can give them, but certainly we know there's talent there. I think Carr will be better. I, I'm very concerned about the offensive line in Dallas. But Dak Prescott looks really, really good right now, and he's a mobile quarterback. We love that about quarterbacks in fantasy football, so that helps. And here's the other guy. I'm not a big fan, but Eli Manning is super freaking cheap.
6: This year. <laughs> Man, here's the thing,
3: though. Odell, Odell Beckham's the number one pick. Sure. Yep. Saquon Barkley's the number one pick. Sure. Evan Ingram's the top four or five pick at tight end, yep. and Sterling Shepard is a top 100 overall pick. Those are four key weapons in that offense that fantasy owners love, but they don't love the guy throwing him, them the football. Well, Correct. that doesn't compute, because if all of these guys play to the way people think they're going to play, Eli Manning is going to have an amazing season. True. At the very worst, you're taking him for nothing. You don't have to pay anything for Eli, and he's got top ten potential. I'm not, I'm not saying I think he's great. I think he's in decline. <laughs> there's, a lot to, there's a lot to like about everybody in that offense right now. So
5: when would you take Eli at what round, do you think? Well, I mean, right
3: now his his average draft position is right around 180. So he's at the very end of a draft. You can get him. I mean, nobody wants Eli Manning this year, but everybody wants the guys Eli Manning is going to throw the football to. That just doesn't add up. You can't have it both ways. You can't have a quarterback who's going to stink, and then all his weapons have great years. It just doesn't work that way.
1: Right now we're going to head to the running back group. Check out what the Godfather has
5: to say on those guys. That's some sleeper running backs. I think in years past, this is the way I see running backs, maybe you see it a little bit different. But I think out of all the positions, if you look at rookies, I think rookies can have the most impact as a as a first-year fancy guy than, than any other position that's out there.
3: Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, I think when you look at it, the position itself is, I think, easier. And I – Put quotes around that to master as a rookie, then say quarterback or wide receiver. Now, you've got to handle blitz pickups and things like that, and there's a lot of intricacies involved, but the bulk of it is just lining up, taking the handoff, and hitting the hole. And that's the kind of thing that hopefully, you know, as a college player, uh, you've been trained to do. So, yes, I think you see that. We certainly saw it last year. Two of the best players in fantasy football were rookie running backs, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt. It'll be interesting to see what this year's crop produces because already it's a bit of a sluggish start. You've got injuries to Derek Geis and and, uh, Rashad Penny and uh, Sonny Michel. So so those are three guys that a lot of people are excited about, and all three of them are going to be behind the eight ball when the season starts.
4: So this is my thing. For years, we've looked at fantasy football drafts and been in fantasy football drafts, and it is – Running back dominated. And I think there for a little while in the last few years, uh, wide receivers started to creep in a little bit more than they had been in the past. And I'm looking at a mock draft here, uh, that was already been done. Uh, where is it off of like CBS Sports or whatever? And nine of the first 10 are running yep. backs. And there's only one wide receiver, Antonio Brown, the only one, uh, that wasn't a running back taken in the top 10. Is that what you've been seeing for the last couple of months? Yeah.
3: Oh, absolutely. Ten, you, you could see as many as 10 running backs in the first round this year. Uh, it's, the running backs are back to dominating fantasy football. It's, very, it's not impossible to win without a dominant running back, but it's difficult. It's more difficult. You know, the last couple of years, we've seen this play out. A couple of years ago, it was David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, who are really powering a lot of teams to fantasy titles. Last year was Todd Gurley, Allen Kamara, Le'Veon Bell. So it's the top guys. And the importance of the running back position is back. There's no doubt about it from a fantasy perspective. The first round is dominated by running backs. I think there are 10 legitimate number one running backs you can get in the first round this year. What this also means, of course, and we'll talk about that when we get to the wide receivers uh, next week is there's some really good wide receivers who are going much later than they typically would go. But yeah, running backs are dominating the first round.
2: Talking with Tom Kesnick, the godfather of fantasy football here on the Wendy's Big Show. The question I get more than any is I have the first pick in the draft. Is it Le'Veon Bell or Todd Gurley? Who's the number one running back in your opinion, Tom Kesnick?
3: Well, I think it's it's Gurley, but you can make an argument for three guys. In my opinion, you can make an argument for Gurley, you can make an argument for Bell, and you can make an argument for David Johnson, who was the number one pick in fantasy football last year, and he suffered a wrist injury. It wasn't a lower leg injury, it wasn't you know a major knee injury. It was a wrist injury, and by all accounts, he could have come back late last season, but the Cardinals decided you know their their team was terrible. They weren't going to throw him out there for for that. So. You know, I think David Johnson's getting a little bit of slight. He's getting slighted here a little bit. I think people have forgotten how good David Johnson is. So it's any one of those three guys. To me, it's girly, but I have absolutely no problem that he took one of the other two guys.
5: And
6: see, here's the thing about
5: uh, This girly. is Leroy Butler, by the way. I think he knows me. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> I know.
3: You know,
6: see, I had this whole thing about not playing guys in the preseason. So is they're not going to play him. He says Correct. that players dream. See, that's what would make me take him over Le'Veon Bell. But to me, I do to go back to PPR. From a PPR league, who catches the most passes? So that would make an argument for Le'Veon Bell. But I want to talk about these defenses. Because for some reason, the Rams defense, people were taking that defense in the other league I was in over Minnesota's defense. Are you, Who's the top-rated defense do you have?
3: Well, defense—it's Jacksonville. They're the number one defense in fantasy football. They were number West. three. No, no, so that's that's not the way most drafts typically go.
5: I can't so wait to we, yell at these guys and tell them what they're gonna well, to. Well, he's going to get more in depth in defenses though. When do we got defenses coming up, Steve? I'm well, is. Uh,
4: d- defenses is the last day, so that's next Wednesday. Yeah, oh, so I may not be that. here,
6: so I'm getting my question in
4: now.
3: So you say <laughs>
6: Jacksonville <hate> you <laughs> should be number one, <laughs> yes. and the Rams should <laughs> be two, or Minnesota.
3: Well, Rams, Minnesota, they're both good defense. I i, I, I don't have a real <laughs> preference there between the two of them. Um, I think once you get past Jacksonville, there's a pretty big drop-off. They are clearly – they are what Seattle was a yep, few years ago. Are. Can I say this they're, about they're
6: Jacksonville? They're so much better. If, if, if nothing goes right, none of those guys like each other. They've been fighting and fighting, dating each other's girls, allegedly, and it's well, not going all. well. So you can see them either trading guy getting rid of guys, not signing them back or something. Last year was not a fluke though. They're a great defense. But when you got your cornerback yeah. yelling at quarterbacks, it's just starting to not look real good. But I take your well, word for it.
3: We'll we'll see how it plays out. Keep in mind, I mean the old Oakland A's in the seventies, that they, they all hated each other. You know, the Reggie Jackson teams, all those guys all hated each other. Mm-hmm. So and they won World Series. So I, I think there is something to be said for locker room harmony, 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 and chemistry, <laughs> and so forth. But That's grits. I also think that the bottom line is when you get out there on Sunday and you're all trying to win a football game and you're trying to win a Super Bowl, a lot of those things tend to get put
5: on the back burner. Well, let's get you back to running backs. So, Leroy's guys, of course, because we don't know if he's going to be there. Yeah, who next cares week about running that. backs? So, man, so let's get back to that. I mean, so okay. when we start looking at running backs, and we talked about rookies in that running backs is that. Uh, your top, you said there's going to be 10 running backs in the first round.
3: Well, I think there could be. In my opinion, there are 10 that you could legitimately take in the first round. Some of those guys don't always go in the first round. Delvin Cook, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, they don't always go in round one, but in my opinion, they're all worthy of a first Can round. Can
5: you give me those top 10 maybe? ten. Yeah, uh,
3: Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Delvin Cook. Kareem Hunt,
5: uh, Melvin Gordon, and Leonard Fournette. Those would be the 10. Yeah, that's solid. You're right. They are back.
4: Yeah, and in this that's mock draft solid. I'm looking at, Christian McCaffrey went 10 uh, overall.
3: Yeah, see, yeah, I got, I got some issues with that. And wow. Fournette here's went 16. Ooh. Here, here's the thing about those nine guys, those, uh, ten, those 10 guys. Yeah. Of those 10, nine of them are clearly utilized in the passing game. Right. And that's huge. Now, the Cowboys are saying they're going to do that with Ezekiel Elliott, but we've got to see that. Here's a stat that I've been throwing out that people don't seem to get. Remember a couple of years ago how everybody was criticizing, and justifiably so, Jeff Fisher for not using Gurley more in the passing game because he's so good as a receiver and right. he's so dynamic? And he, right? Okay. Yep. Remember all that. It was terrible. It was atrocious. It got Fisher fired. Last year, Gurley gets used in the passing game. He's a machine. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott under Jason Garrett averages fewer receptions per game than Todd Gurley did with Jeff Fisher. Think about that. Now, we're we're all people are saying, I'm going to take Elliott third because they are going to throw to him and he's going to catch 80 balls. He's never come close to being a major part. And and it's not like they didn't need weapons last year. Dez was in decline. Jason Witten was, you know, I don't know, 75, 80 years old, whatever he is. You know, so they could have used it. They just never have. That's not to say they won't. It's to say they never have. And coaches can be very stubborn when it comes to how they, especially offensive-minded coaches, Roy knows that. He, he, he played with Mike Holmgren. He knows how stubborn those offensive-minded coaches can be. So i got to see this with Elliott. And then you throw in all of the problems they've got on the offensive line right now, and you throw in the fact that they really don't have anybody proven in the passing game. So defenses are really going to load up to stop Elliott. I'm, I've i dropped him lower. I probably have him ranked lower than anybody in the fantasy industry this year. All
4: right. I, I've got two running backs that I will admit to that coming out of college I liked. Both had their issues in college uh, off the field, uh, but I like both of them. Mixon uh, being one uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Where do you have him?
3: I do like him a lot. I, 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 their offense concerns me. They, 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 again, they're, they're a prove-it-to-me offense, too. Their offensive line last year was atrocious. Now, they've worked to improve that, but we've got to see that in play. The good news for Joe Mixon is Jeremy Hill's gone, so this whole de facto starting Jeremy Hill and giving him three or four carries and not playing him the rest of the game, that stuff, that nonsense is out the window. Gio Bernard is still there, and Gio Bernard's very good in the passing game, so he's not going to go away. But I do like Joe Mixon. I like the talent a lot. I'm just not sold on the offensive team. So I'd much rather get him in the third round, but he's starting to creep into round two. So I'm probably not going to have any shares of Joe Mixon.
4: What about Alex Collins for the Ravens?
3: Like him a lot. Oh, my God. He is very, very talented. I I worry about the Ravens maybe not liking him as much as they should, kind of like the Dolphins don't seem to like Kenyon Drake as much as they should. I like Alex Collins. He can run. He showed late last season that he can be a factor in the passing game. They didn't use Danny Woodhead there at all. They, you know, so they started to incorporate Collins a little more as a receiver. I like him a lot. Um, if the if the Ravens just stay committed to him, I think Alex Collins can be a very good running back.
4: Outside of Barkley with the Giants, who are your next two rookie running backs that you like?
3: Well, right now it'd be Royce Freeman out in Denver, and that's, that's another situation. The coaching staff really loves Devontae Booker for some bizarre reason because if you've ever watched Devontae Booker play, it's like, okay, he's fine. He can come in for a carry or two. And, but they really seem to like him a lot, so that's a, that's a concern. But Freeman was drafted, I think, to play. I think he will play. I think the talent will win out there. So he would be the guy right now. I haven't given up on Darius Geis or Rashad Penny yet. Uh, we got to get Geis healthy, but certainly there's a clear path for him to be their lead running back. Chris Thompson's, of course, the third down guy, the receiving guy, and he's exceptional. So, But there is a clear path for Darius Geis if he can get healthy. Rashad Penny, that's a more muddied situation. You got Chris Carson there. You got C.J. Proseis until he inevitably gets hurt again. Um, but if Penny can get back from that finger injury, I think, again, you don't draft a guy where you drafted Rashad Penny to sit him behind Chris Carson. So I I haven't given up on him, but certainly early in the year, those aren't guys I'm going to want to be counting on, but I'm not bailing on them. So they could be second half of the season type contributors, kind of like Alex Collins was a year ago.
5: You know, Tom, in some drafts, you have a lot of guys that try to draft backups to running back in case they go down out of those top 10, 12 guys. What backups do you like that in case of an injury or maybe it's, it's not exactly running back by committee, but they may be a guy that can, can get you some yards. Yeah, I
3: mean, first of all, I'm not, a big, I'm not a big believer or advocate of the handcuff theory. I don't think it's mandatory. So just because keep in mind, if the, hand, if the starter stays healthy for 16 games, the handcuff basically takes up a roster spot on your team for the entire year. He wastes a roster spot on your team. Now, keep that in mind. Now, having said that, yes, if you get later in the draft and you really like your team, you feel like you're pretty solid, and, okay, I'll, I'll back up my number one running back. There would be some guys I'd mention, uh, Latavius Murray in Minnesota to back up Delvin Cook. Murray, I'm not a big fan, but he did play well last
5: year. Right, he when did. Mm-hmm. Cook
3: got hurt, and him and McKinnon did both look good. So Murray would be probably the number one backup in, in fantasy football this year. A couple other guys I'll throw out there, though. I really like Rod Smith a lot in Dallas. Hmm. Now, Elliott has no durability issues to worry about, but we all know running backs can get hurt. So I like Rod Smith quite a bit. I think he can play. He'd be somebody I'd be looking at. The other one is out in Los Angeles with uh, the Chargers, and it's Austin Eckler, who's backing up Melvin Gordon. He is very explosive, very good in the passing game as well. He would definitely be a guy that I would be targeting late in the draft just to get him anyway, just to stash him just in case. Because if Gordon did go down, I think Eckler would step right in, and I think he'd be very productive.
2: That is Tom Kesnick, the godfather of fantasy football. If you don't follow him on Twitter, at Tom Kesnick, and you play fantasy football well, you're doing yourself a disservice, and he'll join us on Monday as we 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 touch on wide receivers. Right, Tom? Wide receivers on Monday?
3: And I will tell you that there are some really, really good ones there. So if you're not committed to the running back approach, you can do well because everybody else can be drafting running backs, so you might be able to make a little hay drafting some of those stud receivers. I
2: have the ninth and 12th pick in my draft on Sunday, and I'm thinking a lot of the better running backs might be off the board, and the smart move for me may be to go with wide receiver for at least one of those picks. Tom, what do you think?
3: Not bad. I I think you're going to have a running back on the board there you like. I think you'll get to 9 or 10, and there's still going to be a good running back, but you know, I see Antonio Brown falling in drafts, and it's like Ooh. people, Antonio Brown is he's sensational. So if he starts falling too far in your draft, I think at some point you got a decision to make, and you can't go wrong with Antonio Brown. If like you team him in the second round with Devontae Adams or Thomas or Julio or Keenan Allen, A.J. Green, that's a pretty good start.
1: Here's what the Godfather had to say on the pass catchers,
3: the wide receivers.
4: Tom, thanks for coming on, man.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm predicting Wednesday's uh, segment will be the highest-rated listening segment we have all year. Nothing gets people more excited than kickers and defenses. No, <laughs> in the world.
4: but see, and again, <laughs> <I>
3: love defenses. <laughs> I, think, <You're> right. <laughs> I think
4: the kicker position is completely miscast in fantasy football, but that's a debate. I
3: disagree. I disagree completely. Uh, but, oh okay.
4: It's a whole different debate for another time, though. Uh, what'd you say? Wednesday. Yeah, we can talk about it Wednesday, sure. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, okay, let's talk about the wide receiver position. Uh, it, it's pretty much Antonio Brown and everybody after that, right? Is he in a tier by himself at this point in fantasy football?
3: Well, yeah, he's definitely in, in a tier. He's not the only first-round uh, wide receiver to consider. But, yes, Antonio Brown is – I mean, two years ago, Antonio Brown was the number 1 pick in fantasy football. Last year, he was the number 2 pick in fantasy football. He's dropped this year, but it's not because anything happened to Antonio Brown. He's still Antonio Brown, and he's still the best wide receiver in the NFL. It's just there's all these running backs now that have become so valuable in fantasy football. They're pushing him down a little bit, and in my opinion, making him a potentially great value pick in the first round. Because if you're six, seven picks into your draft, and you're getting a guy who the last two, three, four years has been a number one player in fantasy football, that's pretty good value.
5: You you know you're exactly right about it. My son had his fancy draft over the weekend, and the first eleven players picked were all running backs. Yeah, and there were there were eleven I guys mean, in the draft.
3: Yeah, and and I think that
5: you, I mean that's before Aaron Rodgers even went off the board. I mean it was just straight crazy.
3: Right. I mean I think the the thing here is we're all we all want that number one running back, and I do I I, I subscribe to the theory as well. You really need that foundation guy, but. If you get to a point in the first round where and I like the, all the running backs that are going in the first round so mm-hmm. it's not a question of not liking any of these guys I like them and I like most of them quite a bit but again, it's Antonio freaking Brown people at some point in the first round you just gotta go I can't let Antonio Brown keep falling so if you' playing so if you're playing Brown. with 10
5: guys, say if you're playing with 10 guys, where would you take Antonio Brown will he be in your top 10? Oh,
3: absolutely, he would yeah. be. I mean, no he, question. He, he's legitimately in the top five. Okay, top I mean, again, especially in a PPR, PPR league, you're talking yeah. about a guy that you can lock in for twenty points per game. Every, I mean, you can just yep. put that in the book. You wake up on Sunday morning, just yep. give yourself twenty points if you got Antonio Brown. I mean, he's that good. Well, who, as, who, as I, long as Roethlisberger stays healthy, right? That's you know, the thing. you're, you're That's gonna the you're gonna get monster production right. out of this guy. And I again, I think we're we're at a point with Antonio Brown where. People are so focusing on the running backs, and I get it and I understand it and I agree with it, but you just can't let Antonio Brown fall too far. You just can't. Superstar.
5: a right. You know my question, so give me your top five. Receiver? Yes. Uh, Well,
3: Antonio Brown, number one, DeAndre Hopkins, two. No, 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 no,
5: no. no, Before you go, now we talked about Antonio Brown. Is there a significant drop-off between Antonio Brown and your next guy and your next guy and your next guy?
3: It's 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 close because what we saw with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins last year was pretty impressive. So assuming Watson can stay healthy, there's a tremendous amount of upside for DeAndre Hopkins. We know how good Odell Beckham is, so he's right there with these guys. But I, I Antonio Brown to me is the clear number one, and then there's a tier where I put Hopkins and Beckham in the next tier. See, All right, so that's three.
5: Give me two more.
3: Well, the next the, the thing is there's about five guys. I'm doing the math here. Yeah, five guys that I would put in the next tier after those three are off the board. And they're okay. all, to me, very, very close. I have no problem with any of these guys. And it's Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, and A.J. Green. And so any, any one of those guys I'd be thrilled to get. I, I think they're very, very close. They're often interchangeable. I understand the arguments for all five of them over the other ones. So if me, Julio
4: Jones, players. if Julio Jones red zone numbers don't improve, Sarkeesian should be fired in Atlanta's offensive coordinator. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, that, to me, that's simple.
3: Yeah, that there's it's ridiculous if they don't use him more in the red zone. And if they do, then yes, then Julio Jones has probably the highest ceiling of that group. If, if he, he could get right up there with Hopkins and Beckham, if they get him, you know, 10 plus touchdowns. But yeah, it's about usage in the red zone, which was abysmal last year for him.
6: Yeah, let's talk about some guys who've traded teams because they don't necessarily play with top quarterbacks, but I'm going to give you a, a these lower level, mid level guys, late, late mid round guys. Um, I'm going to give you five guys that I have who are my team. I have Baldwin, uh, T.Y. Hilton, and I, then I got Sterling Shepard, Funches, and Alan Hearns. Tell me about Alan Hearns first. What do you think about him when he went? He's going to Dallas. No, yeah, he's at Dallas now.
3: Yeah, he's in, in Dallas. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of the guy. The thing that's mm-hmm. in his favor is somebody's got to catch the ball in Dallas. Somebody I mean, Prescott's got to yeah. throw the ball to somebody. <laughs> no, I mean they've just they just don't have much. So it could be Michael Gallup, um, but even if Gallup is there, you really don't have a tight end. I talked last week about how they don't use Ezekiel Elliott in the passing game, although that could change. This year it should, but we'll see. And still, they just, you know, I mean, Cole Beasley is kind of who Cole Beasley is. People should understand that. So I think Hearns has a chance here, but he's never been a spectacular player by any means. Granted, he played in Jacksonville with Blake Gortles, and you can look at that how you want. But I, I think I'm not overly fired up about him. What I like most is the potential opportunity, more than the, the mm-hmm. blazing talent. The first two guys you mentioned, Baldwin and Hilton, are terrific players. I like them both a lot, but obviously with Baldwin, you're talking about will he be ready physically right. for week one. The Seahawks say he will. If he is, he's in a great position because again, that's another team that really has nobody to throw the ball to with Jimmy Graham gone and Paul Richardson gone. And then as far as T.Y. Hilton, that's all about Andrew Luck. That's if Andrew true. Luck stays healthy and is healthy, T.Y. Hilton could be a fantastic player. Wide receiver. So you got to
6: figure Sterling Shepard should get some it's a lot of attention on Beckham or no?
3: Yeah, no, I like Shepard quite a bit, and, and and so do a lot of fantasy players. For that reason, you're right. He's going to get all the single coverage because you're going to double Beckham, and you got to be worried about Ingram as well, and of course you got Barkley coming out of the backfield. So Sterling Shepard could be the guy who gets all the single coverage, and he's a very talented player. I like him quite a bit as well. I think he's a very, very good number three wide receiver. You can probably get him as a four in most leagues, but he's got three upside, so I like him quite a bit.
4: What about rookie wide receivers? They're always a hard breed to try and figure out yeah. in their rookie year. Calvin Ridley uh, in Atlanta might
6: have a chance of doing something. He should eat up some he, of Sanu uh, time, shouldn't he, or no?
3: Well, that's the thing. I mean, Mohamed Sanu is going to be the starter opposite Julio, but, you know, they they'd use a lot of three-wides. Taylor Gabriel, obviously, is gone. He's in Chicago, so there's an opening here for Calvin Ridley. He is very, very talented. Now, he had some problem with drops the other night, but very talented without question. Can he push Sanu this year? I'm not sure, but I think there's an opportunity. I'm not sure how fantasy-relevant he's going to be as a rookie. I think he'll have, you know, moments, but... Long-term, you're looking at a guy who could start opposite Julio Jones down the road, and I think it will happen. I'm not sure it happened. This Muhammad, he was still, he's a good football player, and he's not going to be easy to dislodge out of there, even though Ridley is a superior talent.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. I was just going to wrap it up. You got another question? Go ahead. Yeah, I do
6: got one more question because I think, you know, how, I want to look at Funches because last year he came on strong, you know, in Carolina. And I don't see a lot of weapons there. Would he still be their number one or no?
3: Well, it would be him or D.J. Moore. I'm not overly yeah, DJ Moore with this passing game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Rick that's... Olson obviously is is the most consistent, reliable guy. McCaffrey out of the backfield is going to catch a ton of passes. Um, the wide receivers, I'm not sure there's a guy there that I would say, yeah, I really want to lean on him. I think Funches could have his moments. I think Moore could have his moments. But I think if you're looking for reliability in the passing game, it pretty much starts and ends with Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey.
6: Yeah. And what about last real quick, Schuster? How should he fit with Pittsburgh? Well, I got,
5: I got to ask I'd my him. You're killing him. I you see this boy? Hey man, I gotta get my. What, own stuff what is he doing? It's going Dude. down
4: his line. You see it.
5: it? You look at it. Hey, he's going got his phone out. out. He's got he's his phone out. Best
6: guy in fantasy. Why would you? At, we're not. We gotta you use him. him. Boy. Okay, so you're asking on 19. That's all. So I'm, gonna play, <laughs> I'm gonna play 19 this year, and I'm hoping he put up some big numbers in that slot. Uh,
3: Juju Smith-Schuster is legit. He's legit, and he, again, another one who's opposite a superstar player, so he's gonna get all kinds of single coverage. Right. Okay.
5: Thanks a lot, guys. You got anything else? You good now? I have yeah. more, but I... I don't want to waste. No, your go time. ahead. No, get them all in. No, get no, them I'm all done, in. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure? father. Yes.
6: Cause I'm, I'm still upset by the Lee IR right. thing cause he was on my team too. And it just hurt me that the guy can't, Marquise Lees was going to be a guy in Jacksonville. So I got a, I got a tweet here from
4: him. Tyler tweeting at Utah Cassidy. Julio was targeted 13th most in the red zone last year, but he wasn't scoring. He has Tyler. some drops.
6: He was on two of my team. He has some drops too.
3: Yeah, some drops, but you got to throw the ball. I mean, for crying out loud, he's Julio Jones. Give it to him. He he can beat anybody in one on one coverage. I mean, you got to throw the ball to the guy. I mean, it's yeah. That was their their whole offense was a bit inexplicable. They didn't use their running backs out of the backfield like they should have because both are very very good in the pass game, especially Coleman. So yeah, I mean they they need to really reexamine how they approach the football from an offensive perspective when you got those weapons and now you add Calvin Ridley in there and they still like Austin Hooper a lot of tight end there's a lot there for Matt Ryan to use if they do it right
5: let me ask you this um godfather you look at Randall Cobb now that offense normally throws the football around a little bit he's I know Jimmy Graham is there but what kind of production you think you can get out of Randall Cobb with Aaron Rodgers I I love Randall Cobb I mean Randall
3: Cobb's catch percentage is as high as anybody in the nfl he doesn't drop passes you throw the ball to randall Cobb. he chances are he's going to catch it most of the time the concern with what Cobb is is that ankle going to be a problem you know can he stay healthy because i think when he's on the field he's going to get plenty of opportunities because you're going to focus on Devonte adams obviously you're going to worry about jimmy graham i'm not sure there's a high touchdown ceiling for Randall Cobb, because you get into the red zone, you start looking for Graham, you start looking for Adams, and I think Mercedes Lewis is going to be a factor in the red zone as well. I do, too. Between the 20s, Randall Cobb could feast. I mean, he's still a terrific wide receiver out of the slot. He's a tough guy to cover in the slot. So, to me, it's all about health. If he is healthy going into the season, I like him quite a bit. I mean, he's still a good football player. I know he takes a lot of grief from Packer fans, and I think he's misplaced.
1: That is Tom Kessenick, the godfather of fantasy football, joining the guys On the Big Show. We're going position by position here on the best of the Wendy's Big Show this Labor Day. But
2: right now, we got to get to our next position group. It's the tight ends for your fantasy team. Now comes time to talk tight ends with Tom Kesnick, who's on the great Midwest Bank Hotline. How are you this afternoon, Tom?
5: Doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Um, Did he have uh, any... Did Tom have uh, his... Tooth pulled out. Already. What do you mean? Why does he Surgeon. seem a little, yeah, little down you, to you? you? A little? Okay, Tom?
2: You all right, Tom? I'm
3: doing okay. Okay. Well, no, I didn't realize. I didn't realize there was a problem. <laughs> okay. Everything's good.
2: Would right. you want him to come on the phone like a like a pro wrestler? Like, yeah, fired
3: up,
0: ready to go, brother. Let's go. <laughs> You're talking fantasy football. Man. I never do that. That's
3: definitely who. What what guest did you think you were booking? For?
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, do not we just get somebody to call in and see if he can piss them off? <laughs> oh, come
3: on.
5: That's not the goal. <laughs> no, wait till week one to try and piss fantastic <laughs> off. Let's, but, not, yeah, right, let's right, not do right, that
2: now. Right. Tom, let me let me uh get let me start them. off the, the tight end questions. on I what I think is sort of a selfish note, but I think it's a decision that, that a lot of people are going to are going to grapple with once once they have their drafts, if they haven't already. I think it was either the fourth or the fifth round. It all gets jumbled up in my mind because you have snake draft orders and and everything else. But it was the fourth or the fifth round, and I had my two wide receivers. I had a running back and Melvin Gordon. Actually, I had two running backs, so it was the fifth round. I had my two wide receivers. I had my two running backs. And then it came time to get a tight end, and, you know, the big dogs were off the board. So I went with a guy who I think could be somewhat of a sleeper this year because of the system that he plays in. I think he's going to see a lot of targets and Trey Burton of the Chicago Bears. And, and you're a Bears fan. Yes, and half okay. the half the room was saying to me that it was a reach. Half the room was saying to me, good pick, I was just about to take him. How do you feel about Trey Burton and where he falls in the power rankings of tight ends right now?
3: Well, where did you, what round did you take him in? I think
2: it was the fifth round.
3: Way too high. Uh, it's too early.
2: You think so, huh? I
3: mean, then again, I mean, you, I mean...
2: But the Graham, big
3: dogs Engram all those guys? Yeah, all the big, big dogs, dogs right. were off the
2: board. There was a run on tight ends wow. right before I went.
3: Okay, yeah, that's shocking. Usually, I mean, Jimmy Graham's typically going in the 5th, 6th round of oh, wow. NFFC draft, so that's No, that was not shocking. that was
2: not the case in this draft cuz it is a PPR okay. league. So, I think that, but, no, that probably affected are, it. Yeah.
3: I mean, the top the top 6 tight ends are top, top 75 overall picks. Evan Engram's the 6th tight end going off the board for us and his ADP is just outside round 6. So he's a 7th round pick right now. Okay. So Trey Burton right now is about a 7th or 8th round pick. So yeah, that was but I mean if yeah, that see that's tough. You you get caught in a run there. Um I do like Burton. I like Delaney Walker more. Um but Burton certainly has a tremendous amount of upside in that system. I I a 5th round for a tight end feels awfully awfully early, but I understand that you know, six or seven or or off the board at that point. right?
2: Uh, Sparky doesn't like it.
4: uh,
3: Whatever. It's your team.
2: It's not (laughs) my team. Uh, Whatever.
3: I mean, mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, you, you have to understand how your draft is going. I mean, if your draft is going a particular way and a position isn't very overall very, you know, deep, and I don't think tight end is very deep. So, you don't want to get caught with not you know, having one. I think O.J. Howard is your starting tight end. I mean, that could be problematic. I feel decent about starting most weeks.
2: Yeah, it was the 52nd pick. I just went back and checked. So, that would be the fifth round.
4: I mean, if you look at these lists, uh, obviously, it's a lot of names up on top Travis Kelsey, Gronkowski, Ertz, Jimmy Graham, Evan Ingram, Delaney Walker, so forth. Uh, and I think, really, and, and a big, a bit of a name because of the Eagles. I think when you, the first name you get to where, you know, average football fan that doesn't play a lot of fancy football and doesn't follow it as as close as most people. First thing that you maybe not recognize is the name George Kittle from the 49ers, who I see on one list ranked in the top 10. Where do you have him?
3: Yeah, I mean, he. it gets pretty bunched up. You get past the first, say, six, seven, eight guys, maybe nine if you want to put Kyle Rudolph in there, but I don't think. Um, you know, so that's the thing. You get past those earlier guys and then – it's kind of you know throwing a dart at the wall to see if he can find one. I mean, Jordan Reed is the 10th tight end being taken in the NFC right now, but we all understand the, the deals with with Jordan Reed. You know, when he's on the field, he's every bit as good as Rob right. Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey, but he's not on the field all that often. So, yeah, I mean, I do like George Kittle. I, I certainly – but, again, that's another guy I'm not sure I'd want to be thrilled about as my starter. I'd much rather have him as a backup, but – You know, depending on how your draft flows and who you like, if you don't like him more than Jack Doyle, for example, or Njoku or Jordan Reed, then George Kittle becomes a top 10 guy. Real
4: quick, I just want to cut over, since you brought up Jack Doyle, because I was reading something else this morning about Eric Ebron uh, possibly Mm -hmm. getting red zone targets now that he's on that team and and played well in his first preseason action for the Colts. Uh, Your thoughts on what he may or may not do to Jack Doyle's production?
3: Well, it's going kind to of cut into it. There's no doubt about that. i no getting around that. I mean, Ebron does not lack talent. The, the issue with Eric Ebron was never talent. It's always been focus and, yep. you know, things like that. Um, they don't have a lot of wide receiver. They pretty much got T.Y. Hilton and, you know, me. So they are going to use both tight ends. Doyle and Ebron are both going to be involved, but you can't expect Doyle to be putting up the numbers he was putting up before because Ebron is there, and Ebron is a red zone target if he can catch the ball. That's the big question. So, yes, I do think Eric Ebron's a, an interesting guy. I think Doyle is still interesting because I think they're going to have to use both those guys because their wide receiver depth is so problematic.
5: So uh, my good friend uh, Romy uh laughed at me when I said, I-, I think Mercedes Lewis is maybe worth drafting this year. He may get some red zone targets.
3: Uh as a backup only.
5: Yeah. I mean, well no, I, no he Mar- won't Mar- be my first pick, no.
3: Right, yeah. But there's also I mean, there's a lot of guys out there before I'd probably get to Marseille. I do, right, let's well Mar- let's yeah. let's hear
5: them then. Let's get let's get, give me your top five and give me a lot of other guys.
3: Well, the top five are Gronkowski, Kelsey, Ertz, Graham, and Greg Olson. Okay. Um but you get deeper into Greg Mar- Olson's now, still sir. playing? Yeah, and he's still very good. Is he? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes, right. he is. Guy, um, you get deeper into the draft at tight end. You know, guys that I'd be looking at uh, Ben Watson. Ben Watson was top ten among tight ends in receptions last season. Nobody seems to understand that. Now he didn't catch a lot of touchdowns, but he was top ten at a position where people were scrambling to find tight end help pretty much all year. And his quarterback's pretty good in New Orleans. Austin Hooper's another guy. He was highly touted last season, had the big week one, and then kind of flamed out. But he's still a talented guy. The Falcons like him a lot. They badly need tight end help in the red zone. We know how they suffered, have suffered there since Tony Gonzalez retired. So he's another guy I would take a shot on. What about uh, OJ Howard? Yeah, I mean, I, he's he's going much earlier than these guys. Um, I do like OJ Howard. The problem is Cameron rate's pretty good, right? So you know that's kind of a that's kind of an indie situation where you got two guys who are both good, both productive, and one guy isn't going to stand out. I mean, Cameron Brate's not going away because he's proven himself to be very, very good in the red zone. And Jameis Winston likes throwing him the football in the red zone. So when he comes back, you know, Brate's going to be on his list. So yeah, that's another situation like indie where ideally I think I'd like to avoid both guys because it could be a guessing game from week to week. But yeah, I mean, as far as back to Mercedes Lewis, I, I think from the Packers, he's going to be more valuable for the Packers than he is for fantasy owners. Yes, because you're not going to be able to predict. You know, he may score five or six touchdowns, which is pretty good for a tight end, but you may have no clue when they're, what games are going to come in, and right. it may be like his only catch could be, you know, a four-yard touchdown. When it comes it's great for the Packers, but not so great for your fantasy. Team. Sounds good. Boss.
4: When it comes to rookie tight ends, the best one is probably Gasecki with the Dolphins.
3: Well, it would have been Hayden Hurst, uh, but he, of course, hurt. has the injury now. Right. So he's going to miss at least a month. That's a big blow because usually rookie tight ends pretty much stink. I mean, even the great ones have stunk as rookies. So you, you shouldn't expect much, but Hayden Hurst was in a position where he could have had a, a big impact because the Ravens are lacking in receiving options as well, and Joe Flacco loves throwing the football to his tight end. So Hayden Hurst, really, I mean, Ben Watson's an example of that from a couple of years ago. Uh, So Hayden Hurst had a great opportunity. The problem is now the injury slows him down. There's really nobody among the rookies that jumps out at me at this point. I mean, yeah, Jacecki could start, but, you know, I'm not a Ryan Tannehill guy, so.
2: That is Tom Kesnick, our uh, fantasy football expert, the godfather of fantasy football. Now we've gone through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. If you missed any of that, cram for your fantasy draft this weekend. Go back and listen to them all. Fan on demand at 1057 FM thefan.com presented by John Paul's Buick GMC Highway 100 in Greenfield. Tomorrow, kickers and defense. Should we just yeah. book you in a in a very short segment, Tom, or is there a lot to discuss no, when it comes I mean, to kickers and defense? Lord,
3: that's got to be like five, six hours. <laughs> that's, you, that's your fantasy draft, baby. Kickers and defenses. Yeah,
2: that could be what yeah. puts you over the top. You never know. You what might. Your,
3: what's your? What, I don't know what your 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 record for ratings uh, during a particular segment is. Yeah, but be prepared to crush that.
2: Time. Oh, off the charts Crusher. tomorrow. Once we start talking defenses and kickers um, with Tom Kesnick right,
3: when I men- I tell you what. When I mention the name Greg Zerline
5: yeah, whew. we're gonna break hey, meters. Hey, is Tom? Tom, Tom Where is Tom located? Tom Kesnick? Yeah. Is he in Waukesha? No. Waukesha. Parts no, uh, unknown.
3: Near Stevens Point.
5: Oh, okay. You're near Stevens Point. Okay.
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Aren't you in Waupaca? Yeah,
5: that's near Stevens Point. Right. Yeah. That's where Leroy Butler's old dealership was, was Wapaca. Yes, it is. Right. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, right there. Yeah, you're going to go
4: visit I Tom? I I've
3: been in Wapaca to I don't live that far. I don't live that far from his old dealership. Yeah, I bought yeah. a car well,
4: from Leroy up there.
5: Yeah. Drove all the way up there to get the car. Is that is that by the Chain of Lakes? Yes Yes, yeah
3: it is.
2: Okay. You gonna go visit Tom? Is that what's is that what's going on here? Is that, I, I you know, I, I watch Jaws, man.
3: I don't need to get in the water. Did you see what happened to all those people? I did. Yeah. Oh. You, you know yes, what? I did. You know what? What's that? Did you see did any of the people who were on land die in Jaws? You, no. no. You, you know what, there you you
5: go. Know what I'm talking right. Who? You know what I'm talking to think? Who started what? Tom Kessner's black, ain't
4: he? No, he's not, man. <laughs> do you know what I want to do? You
3: I, tell you? I'll tell you what I want to do. Tom, can you confirm you're not?
5: I can, yeah, I okay. can. Well, I mean, you <laughs> start talking like Jaws. He, I mean, that's that's how my people talk, man. We ain't trying to get in the water with all that stuff, man. Well, I'm just being, I'm just being,
3: you know, realistic here. Well, you now,
5: now if you said I'm being straight one hundred, <laughs> I know what you would have been like, dude. <laughs> No guarantee you I would know. If, if he just said straight one hundred I'd just be straight one hundred you'd have, have known. I would have known. You would have known. Yes, sir. You were about yeah. to say it, Sparky. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think what would
4: be very, very entertaining for everybody involved right. is if we could get Seth Everett and Tom Kesnick on together and let them deb- deb- debate Marvel movies. That's would be outstanding. Could I mediate that? Oh my god, sure. it would be so much yeah. fun. I want to mediate that. Yeah, Can by by the way,
3: I am I'm, I'm totally in for that. Um that would be fun. But you know, I do have a picture on my Twitter profile. It is me. Why the hell would anybody <laughs> else look like that? Why would I why, nobody else would put that picture on Twitter, so it's gotta be me.
5: Is there a movie stadium? <laughs> I think time? you're a handsome man,
1: Tom Kesnick. No comment on that. That was Rami Maklov, Sparky, Gary, Leroy and the godfather of fantasy football, Tom Kesnick. We've been giving you position-by-position position breakdowns for your possibly upcoming fantasy football draft. One group left to get
2: to, the defense and the kickers. Trying to solve your problems when it comes to fantasy football, though. On the Great Midwest Bank, hotline is the godfather of fantasy football, Tom Kesnick to wrap up his position-by-position position breakdown. Are you ready to talk defenses and kickers,
3: Tom Kesnick? Oh, my God, yes. Harrison Butker? Come on, man! If you can't get fired up about Harrison Butker and Matt Prater, you know uh, I don't know what to tell you. I had, I but, just, I had, you know, had Butker, Graham Gano, Graham Gano. I had Butker on me. my board,
2: <laughs> and he somebody somebody snatched him right out from under me, Tom.
3: If the name Graham Gano doesn't fill your heart with joy and puppies and sunshine, huh? if there is something seriously wrong with you. As a human being.
2: But in all seriousness, I mean, look, your your championship yeah. game might come down to one or two points, and that could mean having the right kicker or the wrong kicker in Absolutely. your lineup or on your team making the difference.
3: We had, well, and we'll get to defenses in a second, but let me tell a oh, story boy. real quick. We, we, on. In one of our national contests last year, it was decided by the Eagles touchdown on defense at the end of the game against the Raiders. If you remember Derek Carr was running all over the place and then he fumbled the ball and the Eagles picked it up and ran into the end zone. That defensive touchdown helped somebody win a national contest in the NFFC last year. So yeah, every point matters. Defenses matter. Kickers matter. As far as kickers. Yeah. It's fun to mock them. I'm, you know, who doesn't mock Harrison Butker? I'm pretty sure he's lived with that, but yes, I mean, these guys, Craig Zerline, for example, before his late season injury was a fantasy monster. Every single week he was putting up a lot of points because the Rams offense was so good and because he's got that big leg. So yeah, if you draft the right kicker, it can pay off very well for you.
5: Well and kicker is, you know, you start looking around the league and you start seeing (laughs) what offense is going to score a lot of points. It's not necessarily that because the field goals, I mean, is there a team right. out there that don't just are not really that great in the red zone and don't score a lot of touchdowns, but they score a lot of field goals? Do you kind of look at those types of things? Yeah, I mean, you
3: have to factor that. You're right. You, you certainly want to look to good offenses because look, they will move the ball. Mm-hmm. They will put the kickers in position to score. But you also have to understand that, yeah, if these teams get in the red zone and they convert a lot, that doesn't help you. You know, one point, that doesn't do a whole lot for you. You do want those teams that kind of struggle when they get in the red zone. The Cowboys have had issues at times in the past. That's why Dan Bailey has been so productive. The Ravens have had issues in the past. That's why Justin Tucker has been so valuable. So, the, I mean, the Patriots can do it. The Patriots score a lot, but they just they get in the red zone so many times they're not going to get a touchdown all the time. So Guskowski comes into play. So those are things you look at. You also look at, obviously – Uh, Field conditions, you know, dome kickers get a preference. You know, uh, Matt Prater I was joking about, you know, in Detroit gets a bump. You know, Will Lutz in New Orleans, he gets a bump as well. Um, And then you look at the guys that have big legs, the guys that if all you got to do is get to about the 35-yard line and you're in field goal range, that's Greg Zerline. That's Justin Tucker. That's usually Gaskowski, Will Lutz. Butker last year, uh, Jake Elliott, Dan Bailey, those kind of guys. You want guys with a big leg, guys who are on good offenses, but they may have red zone issues, so that's something to pay attention to. You know, if a team maybe doesn't have a dynamic red zone quarterback or running back or something like that, that's good to know. So, yeah, those are kind of the criteria you go for for kickers.
4: Let's talk about uh, the kicker as far as how valuable that kicker really is to fantasy football in relation to where you take the kicker in the draft itself.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Everybody takes kickers and defenses late, and they should, because there isn't a tremendous amount of difference typically between, say, the second or third kicker and the 12th or 13th kicker. Now, last year, Zerline was a bit of an exception. He was so much better than the rest of them, so... There, there can be that, but usually that's why you can take them late because you're not seeing a huge discrepancy like you do between, let's say, the number three running back, you know, who's uh, maybe David Johnson, and the number fifteen running back. Right? There's a pretty big discrepancy there. That's not the same as kicker, so you can wait on that position and target them much later.
4: You know, the other thing that goes along with this, obviously, is when you start uh, the additions or the losses that they make can really screw themselves up, unless, you know, they're just using the cheat sheet like so many people uh, use uh, in these drafts. Who are a couple of defenses that that you really like
3: this year that might be getting overlooked? That might be getting overlooked? Yeah, I mean, I I think the Texans. And then the Texans comes down to injury. If they keep J.J. Watt on the field, Mm -hmm. they're a, a supreme defense. They're an elite defense. But the questions are, can they keep him on the field? Because they, once they lose him, and they seem to lose pretty much everything defensively, so that's a big, big concern. It's a big question. But if it happens, you know that's a defense that I think can be very productive. The Panthers are, are a defense that you never really feel great about, but they've got talent. Obviously, Luke Kuechly in the middle of that linebacking core is a, is a sensational player. So they're a team that can kind of they ebb and flow a little bit, but I do, I do like to target them um as well and then but you know the the ones you want to look at are the teams that first of all have a good pass rush or have that strong secondary you look at a team the jaguars have maybe the best secondary in the nfl the chargers have a very good secondary so those are teams that are going to get takeaways and if they score touchdowns defensive touchdowns that can be a little fluky but there are teams that just seem to have a sense to When they get the ball, they score with it. You know, I remember the old Rams back in the day, the year they won the Super Bowl. Their defense wasn't great, but they scored a ton of touchdowns that year. The same with the Saints the year they won the Super Bowl. They weren't a great defense, but they scored touchdowns. If you remember, they had a pick six against Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. The Jaguars are a very good defense, but they also score touchdowns. So they're the elite combination.
6: Yeah, I remember, uh, and I still think... Denver is a defense that I've made a lot of headway on, you know, over the years because they get a lot of sacks. Now, when they add Chubb, you know, outside of um, that already front four they have in passing situations, how do you think? And I want to ask you about Cleveland's defense next, but what do you think about uh, Denver's defense still being pretty good?
3: Yeah, rock solid defense. I, I'm not sure they're quite the elite level they were during. Oh, you know, they were they
6: awesome. The three, four years. Oh yeah, they
3: were God. fantastic. Oh, you know, oh that was God. that was magnificent work, yeah. uh, GM work, to to build that defense up and and use free agency to to, to really make it, uh, because they won their second. Super Bowl because of their defense. Absolutely, it was Peyton Manning's last year, but he was certainly not the player he once was. That was a defensive Super Bowl. So I think they're still very good. I think they're solid. I don't think they are what they once were, but they're still one of the better defenses in the NFL. Um, as far as Cleveland, I think they're a defense that has some potential. They're on. I think they're improving, but I think the problem I have with Cleveland is they could get put into situations far too often this season that yep. don't benefit them. Yep. And that's a concern. You can have a really good defense, but if your offense, for example, keeps turning the ball over in in your own territory all the time, you're going to get hurt. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying I'm guaranteeing that to happen, but I'm not all that excited about the Browns' offense. So I could see a pretty improving defense getting put into difficult positions and then negatively hurting their their production. How
6: are you reading the Packers' defense? Because I know the fans want to hear about that. Because I know some – you know, when you're a homer – you always try to put Packers on your team somewhere. And I've been in a few drafts, and some people have been putting – they took the Packers defense late and feel good about it.
3: Uh, I, I wouldn't feel real good about it. <laughs> I don't <mean,
6: laughs> <I'm> pull <laughs> to say Godfather. Look, I mean, <laughs> I can't tell a guy oh, that God, take I don't
3: know about that. Look, here's, but, here's uh, the deal. And, this is, and this, is, this is obvious. I mean, they have been a poor pass defense yes. since they won the Super Bowl. They've been terrible. You, you put a good passing team against them, and they're in huge amounts of trouble. Sometimes, I mean, Desha- look at what Deshaun Kaiser did to him last year. Yep. Yeah, Deshaun Kaiser's not going to remind anybody of Tom Brady anytime soon. He lit him up. But, yeah, I mean, you can go on and on and on with when they match up against a really good passing team or a really good quarterback, they have problems. So they're a prove-it-to-me defense. The thing about the NFL is you can improve quickly if you're doing things the right way. We've seen it time and time again. Defenses can improve from year to year. Offenses can improve from year to year. So I'm not saying that they've invested so heavily in their defense with draft picks and, of course, bringing in Wilkerson this year. They could improve, but they've got to show it first.
2: That is Tom Kesnick, the godfather of fantasy football, wrapping up his position-by-position breakdown for your fantasy drafts. He will be back next week taking your fantasy questions, and he'll do that every Friday throughout the football season. Follow him on Twitter if you play fantasy football and you like yourself and you like winning, Mm -hmm. at Tom Kesnick. Tom, appreciate it. That wraps up our conversation here. The best of the Wendy's Big Show.